0: Here we go.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Comic Book Dungeon Podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm coming to you from underground from my uh, damp and moist comic book dungeon.
0: And my name is Cruz, and I'm coming to you from three stories above ground in the comic book hotel suite.
1: Yes, you are our field correspondent, and you have boots on the ground in the lovely comic book state of Alabama.
0: I do. I do. Actually, um, not far from where I'm at, there is uh, a chain called have you heard of books a million?
1: Oh, I don't believe so.
0: It's like Barnes and Nobles for geeks. Okay. Um, I actually, I got a, a pretty cool shirt. Um, I think I sent you the picture of it. Yes. Uh, it's, it's got, um, the, uh, it's got the millennium Falcon, uh, the fire, the, the Serenity Firefly class frigate, or from, uh, Serenity slash Firefly, uh, the Enterprise, uh, the, uh, of course, the TARDIS and uh, uh, Go- Battlestar class, the Battlestar Galactica ship, and I forgot there was one more. I don't remember which one it was, but it's a select your ship, and it's got like the old, like you know, eight-bit kind of select your character icon thing over all of them. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty cool shirt. I, uh, I, didn't, I remember I didn't get the video, and that's what made me get fed up and stop using my Messenger app and switch to another one because I never got fucking video. So you were, you were the catalyst. You were the change that you wanted to see in the world, which was nice.
0: Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I did that. And there's actually not far from, oh, uh, was that Georgia or was that here? I don't remember, man. I know I did find a comic book shop on my last outing about two weeks ago. And I actually picked up a pretty good book. Um, it was a trade paperback of Black Hammer by Dark Horse, I believe.
1: I'm a huge fan of Black Hammer. You are? Yes. Talked about it on the show, my man. Okay. Yes, I yeah, I, I love Black Hammer. I'm a little, I'm a few. I've let I've let some of the issues stack up because it's so good. I like to lead, read it in uh, chunks. But yeah, it's. I'm glad you picked it up. I think it's a fucking amazing book.
0: Oh, dude, I freaking, I blew through it, man. And it was, it, it's, it's only like the first six issues. And it, it, it's got me hooked. So now I'm going to have to go find more.
1: It, it does a real good job of taking these like hero archetypes that we're familiar with and turning them on their ear.
0: Right, exactly, and you know, I mean, it really, it's it's nothing like super action packed, but it really is great storytelling.
1: It's it's a bunch of characters in a bad situation, and it's such—I mean, like every day is like torture for them, and just seeing them, it's like it's like a f- watching a kid pull the wings off of a fly. It's you know, it's it's tragic, but you don't want to look away.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's just a fucking train wreck of despair and misery.
1: Yeah, I. But, it... Oh, go ahead.
0: But you have to rubberneck and watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Dark Horse is my my favorite company, and it's because they put out books like that. Like I, when I was still collecting off of Discount Comic Book Service, they had a they had that preview for it, and I, I usually will take a chance on a D, on a, a Dark Horse book if it looks like it got an interesting premise. And so, that, I mean, I've been collecting that one since uh, issue one, and it's it's just. Dark Horse puts out such good, just, since they don't have to have, like, they, they've they tried to create their own, like, hero universe here or there, but they're, since they're not trying to, like, Marvel keep this huge, big universe going, they can take more risks, and they've, especially the last few years, they've put out some really cool stuff, like Black Hammer, uh, Weird Detective X, uh, Captain Midnight. I've, I've liked a whole bunch of their stuff over the last, I mean, ten years, it's just... I don't know. It's just I I always go there for like like their licensed stuff like aliens before that like their Star Wars stuff and RoboCop, but whenever they do their own their own properties, I'm always blown away.
0: Oh jeez, okay. Yeah, I see Volume 2 of the trade paperback is out. And how many issues are in there?
1: Um, Black Hammer gets complicated because I can't remember. I think it's after I'm forgetting what issue the series, the main series, stopped. But then it goes, they introduce a character named Dr. Frankenstein. And then it's, like, it follows, like, him for a few issues. And then it's, like, the series gets called, like, something else. So it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass when you're, like, collecting the floppies, like, the, as they come out. Like the, uh, but, yeah, it's, I think they just went back to the actual brand of uh, Black Hammer. Like, that issue just came out, I think, a few weeks ago. But, yeah, it's, it's, like it's morphed into a couple different things. Because a lot of it, it's... They explore where they're at on the farm, and you get a lot of them moving back from that and exploring, like, the world they left behind or, like, what's been going on since then.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I see they've got the Age of Doom part, which is after... Lucy gets back in there. So yeah, I'm going to have I'm going to keep digging on this one cuz it was a really good read.
1: I'm forgetting the name of the little girl character, but I mean that is that is some tragic shit.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, she is by far my favorite character out of the bunch yeah. and she's also the most fucked over. Yes. Gale. Golden Gale. Gale.
1: Yes. Yeah, she's based, you know, loosely on uh Captain Marvel and what was it Mary Marvel?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's just what if it's the the opposite instead of like a little boy becoming like a a full-grown superhero what if you became a super powered little kid when you were a little kid and when you grew as you grew older when you would transform into the hero you never aged above like that 8-year-old self and you got mm. trapped that way
0: <laughs> yeah have
1: have you uh. seen the the issue where have you seen any of her flashback to before the uh, they got stuck on the farm?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because what I got was the graphic uh, the graphic novel that kind of covers like the first story arc on the farm and each character's uh, genesis and, and their flashbacks to how they got where they were and some of the stuff that occurred.
1: Have you seen her with her supervillain, Dr. Frankenstein? Not Dr. Frankenstein, it's something... I'm I'm blanking on his name. I think it's something Frankenstein. Um, yeah. That gets a little creepy.
0: Oh, boy.
1: Oh, have you... I don't... Because I'm definitely... I don't want to give any spoilers, but have you seen them interact?
0: Um... Not really too much.
1: Oh, you are in for a treat. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I'm super pumped that you picked that up, because that's been my, one of my favorite books of the last few years.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to swing by um, uh, books a million uh, tomorrow before I get out and go to work and uh, see if I can dig up any more issues.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Dark Horse is some good good shit. Like I said, I'm a bit concerned about what their financial forecast is going to look like now that Disney... Owns a lot of their licensed properties now that they were making books out of.
0: Right. Yeah. Can't corrupt the Disney brand and all that good shit.
1: Well, it's. I'm wondering how that's going to go because it's. They own. Because my understanding of the Fox Disney sort of like acquisition was that Disney owns uh, Firefly, Angel, Buffy, Aliens, Prometheus, Predator. I'm trying to think of anything else that they license that – I I didn't hear anything about RoboCop, But, I mean, these are a lot of dark horses. And I've talked about this on the show before. Like big – the licensed comics are where they make a lot of their money. So if Disney said we don't want to license those to you anymore because we have a competing comic book company, I mean, I'm not sure – if Dark Horse could survive that because their number one best selling comics were always the Star Wars brand they would always you know license those off from Lucas Films and as soon as Disney bought Star Wars it was like within a few months that uh, the licensing agreement came uh, came up again and they they did not renew with Dark Horse and now that's Marvel's number one best selling comics consistently or Star Wars
0: yeah, I still haven't found that freaking um, R2-D2 book where he just goes all commando on a bunch of fucking stormtroopers.
1: Was that a Marvel or was that an older DC one?
0: That, that was Marvel because that's what... um Oh, God, what was his name that wrote the Vader run? That's what he said at the panel I was sat in on. Jason Aaron? I think so, yeah.
1: Did you see Marvel, I'm blanking on his name, um, fired one of their... Uh... Uh, Star Wars writers? No. Yeah, he was the guy who wrote um, a, a novel series as well. He uh, he had introduced the first openly gay Star Wars character.
0: Okay.
1: Um, let me, I should have been prepared. I didn't know <laughs> we're going to be talking about this.
0: Well, I mean, you know we've got to keep it positive before we actually review the actual book.
1: <laughs> um, Chuck Wendig. He wrote Hyperion, which is a non-Star Wars comic for Marvel a few years ago, but he's been doing a lot. Like He was the writer on, I, I think, the Vader series, or, in a couple other, or a couple of the Star Wars series, and Marvel fired him, and it was because it wasn't even, I guess they said it wasn't even so much his tweets, it was the culture and profanity that his, and dialogue, his tweets were causing. Really? Yeah, he uh he had said some things uh during the the whole Kavanaugh crisis, which when this airs in like March, people are not even going to remember what that is because we're going to be thirty crises past that. But yeah, he had written um several of uh the Star Wars novels, and they hired him to to write some of the comics, and yeah, he's a very liberal guy, which you know, if you've listened to the show you know that we are as well. But yeah, he had said some things on uh uh Twitter which I mean it's not necessarily stuff that I'd say want my mom to read, but I mean it's not like he was inciting people to violence her or, or threatening people. So and Marvel uh let him go.
0: Huh okay, so it was a Marvel book. It is uh Star Wars issue number thirty six. Okay. So, I'm going to try and hunt that down. If I have to get a digital version, I will. But yeah, they, they have a couple of uh, sample uh, captures from it, and apparently are to throw stormtroopers out of an airlock. So, hey, cool.
1: It's not traditional Astro, astro uh, Mech Droid behavior. <laughs> and, and I just want to uh, I was just handed a note by the comic book dungeon legal team that. Uh, over the firing of Chuck Windig. We only, Marvel hasn't, they confirmed he's been fired. They haven't commented on why. We only have Chuck, what he said, he was told by his editor. But he said it was because, and I'm quoting, because of the negativity and vulgarity that my tweets bring, it was too much politics, too much vulgarity, too much negativity on my part. But again, Marvel has not, all they've done is confirmed his firing. They have not confirmed that fact, so. Okay. It's I feel we talked a little bit about this with the uh when we talked to the Scooby Dudes. Um I, I'm not in a lot of comic book forums anymore. I don't I just have too much going on to to keep my pulse on the 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 day to day of like the the comic book people. Uh like I may have done several years ago. But from my understanding there's been like in many things in our country since twenty sixteen there has been um an emboldening of, of er, there's a certain conservative uh, contingent in our culture that feels a little bit more emboldened to say things and it's, I mean I can go back to pre-Trump, this has always been there where, like I would read the letters section in Avengers Academy and people would write in about like why, do I, why does every character have to be gay it's like gay, 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 gay in every comic book, it's disgusting and I'm not going to read it anymore, well then don't read it man you know, you yeah. can write your opinion, that's cool you can feel however you want. Marvel's going to put out whatever book they want. It's just, I've missed, I think you've seen more of this pushback, though, in the last couple of years of these conservative people. Like, don't put your politics in my comics. I don't want to read your libtard bullshit. Which, again, I th- feel we talked about this at nauseum with the scooby dudes that you've always had younger, liberal people writing comic books. It's always been a liberal field. You had Nixon kill himself in the Marvel Universe in the 1970s. So for you to. I just. I don't understand somebody who's anti immigrant, anti gay, reading Marvel comics. You're reading an X Men comic and siding with the X Men, which, if that was ever shit in real life, you'd be the first person to burn down a mutant's house and to throw off, like, a rock in a mutant child's face. But man, you just. I just. I just. The cognitive dissidence just makes my head explode. but I Yeah. I feel exactly. like, yeah, I've usurped our narrative here for my own agenda, as I usually do.
0: <laughs> no, but you're, you're absolutely on point with that statement. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the shit we see. I mean, it, it, this is what has been brought even more forward in recent times, unfortunately.
1: Um, I mean, it, there's some good news on that front. I try not to be an asshole who delights in other people's misfortune. But the question is not why did Alex Jones suffer this misfortune he has now. This shit was years overdue. And I mean, I don't, and I think we both listened to the Cognitive Dissidents podcast. And I've heard from there and some other shows, some of the clips where, I mean, he really sounds like as he's losing relevance, he's kind of losing his fucking mind.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's becoming increasingly unhinged. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, he still has enough of a presence that he can he can absolutely dominate any arena he puts himself in.
1: But I mean, is he really having those like too many of those opportunities anymore? Because I mean, who's at this point like who's listening to Alex Jones? I'm not it's saying like, that people don't, but it's just it's you have to be a hardcore because you can only do it through his website, right, or his app.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not even that. I think. Um, I was watching one incident where uh, some politician, I forget who the fuck it was, uh, had had made a speech and he was coming out to talk to the press. And as he was talking to the press, you know, Jones just comes in and he just takes over the conversation to the point where uh, this guy was just like, finally, he couldn't, he could not punch back. He couldn't punch back in a way that would, Get, you know, if he punched back really hard, he'd be getting down to you know Jones's level. And rather than do that, he just surrendered the platform. Unfortunately,
1: it was Marco Rubio. I think that was like about yes. a month ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just, it was Rubio.
1: Marco Rubio. I, he's just—he's never a guy who's impressed me with his ability to think on his feet or to. No. Yeah, I mean he—he he all but surrendered that to Jones. He just. He's a guy who doesn't who's I don't think had a lot of challenges in his life like that in his like it's somebody he's somebody who I don't think understands the mentality of a a bully or b. I mean, this is easy for me to to throw back on. Um, Would I when I de- deal with difficult people, I always put it in very behavioral terms. You always have to look at somebody's behavior and every all behavior it's based off of. If it's reinforced, it continues. If it's punished, it discontinues. When somebody is pushing your buttons or doing something, you need to stop and analyze what is it that's maintaining this behavior. And, you know, if it's my attention, if it's access to this resource, whatever it is, you have to make sure you're not, whatever they say, no matter how mad you get or cornered you feel, you do not give in to them because you're just, they're going to continue to, say, bulldoze over you, and yet he just did the opposite. He could not have fed into Alex Jones more.
0: Exactly, and then he pretty much, he, he, he caved in, he walked off, and Jones took over that platform for you know all of about one minute before the rest of the press was like, uh, fuck you, we're gone.
1: Yeah, nobody was interested in what Alex Jones had to say. No. Like, PayPal is not interested in what Alex Jones <laughs> had to say. Which, I, I just, again, I just, I don't... I feel like I, I, we're getting a little bit in the weeds, but that's fine. I just – I don't understand this conser- – well, I do because it's crybaby bullshit. But I don't understand a lot of this conservative pushback that Facebook is a liberal company and they're censoring uh, conservative voices. It's not true because it's not good for their business model. But, I mean, if it was, if fucking Facebook said tomorrow anybody who posts something pro-Trump were taking down your account – There's nothing the fucking federal government can do about that. And all these conservatives who are making it this big platform and crying about it, you can't sit here on Monday and talk about how a baker has the right to discriminate against gays because it's their business and their platform, but then on Tuesday cry about the liberal conspiracy that Twitter has against you. I mean, it's... You're all about, sm- uh, uh, about pro-business and anti-regulation. But as soon as you feel a small perceived threat that doesn't exist, I mean, you are all about fucking censorship, censorship, censorship. I mean, it's just...
0: Yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's always censorship unless it's their, their particular message going out.
1: That's exactly it. I mean, it's... I feel we're at a point where, and maybe it's just, I think, more people are more politically minded now because of uh, 2016. But, I mean, you feel, and again, this is an overgeneralization. I feel there's a lot of quote-unquote actors on the right who, their hypocrisy is, it's not even like they're trying to hide it because they know their side's not going to call them on it. And again, I'm not saying that's all conservatives. I'm not even saying that's a majority of conservatives. I'm saying there's a vocal group of conservatives who that's where they're making a lot of their money, getting a lot of their attention. And it's just,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, it's, it's the freaking, um, Laura Ingram's of the world and the fucking Ann Coulter's and fucking, what's that douchebag fucking Fox news com commentator. It, it's, oh, that's uh,
1: all of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, Todd it, Starnes, no, no. Uh, Tucker Carlson.
0: Tucker Carlson. Yeah, it's it's all those guys that you know at at and, and
1: he always looks that's like how he they get people shit.
0: mobilized though.
1: No, yeah, that's how they get. Because I mean, you get people who watch Fox News every day, and it's and I've seen a lot of people on the right condemn fox news as well it's and it's i think that what fox news has done brilliantly it's and i a lot of this there's a conservative professor who's talked a lot about this it's you have a lot of older viewers who watch fox news and what they get from it is most generations when they get old and they're out of touch with technology and culture it's very easy for them to demonize all these different values and ideals and technology that they don't know. And for some some of them get past that. It's just, oh, you know, it's not bad. It's just not for me. But with right. Fox News, the message that they have been so successful, because it's what people want to hear, it's, it's not you, everything is bad, and we're going to give you this one-sided version of why it's bad, so you can feel, it's you, you can know that it, it's not you, it's the world that's bad, you're the one who's right. And that's what they yeah. feed into.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's just a massive ego stroking for, for anyone that falls in line with their belief system.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at a picture of Todd Stearns. Do you know who he is today, uh, at all? Have you ever seen a picture of him?
0: Um hold on. I have this wonderful thing called Google.
1: I have never seen a human being who resembles Bert, or not Bert, but Ernie from Bert and Ernie more. I mean it's just it looks like he just cosplays Ernie every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
1: Yeah, that's a tragic Google. person, right?
0: Oh my god. Oh man.
1: Do you remember the show Crank Yankers on Comedy Central? He looks like one yes. of the puppets from Crank Yankers, right? He doesn't look like a human. He uh, looks like an like an off-brand Muppet.
0: No, you like know what I realized more and more? Mitch McConnell looks like someone just fucking took a fucking Mr. Potato Head and put more animate eyes on it and put it in front of a microphone.
1: I was, I was talking to somebody this week. And you, if we go back, let's go back in time to 2016, do you think, like, uh, Hillary had started, like, you, like, designing, like, oh, this is what the, like, I want the, uh, my office to look like, and this is how, like, I want the decorating to go, and she was, like, starting to, like, price out drapes and whatnot? Probably. I, the real tragedy of 2016 was that we didn't get Bill Clinton as the first gentleman, I, yes. You know what he would have... It, it would have been like... Hillary would have had like 24 like foreign leaders in for a summit, and they would have come out, and just every day it would have been Bill Clinton in his underwear, his like ripped tidy whities in an open robe, robe just fingering a saxophone.
0: Exactly. Oh, my God.
1: Anyone up for a jam session? <laughs> I mean, that's just what it would have been. Just, Just... She'd be in a meeting, and he would just wander in. Again, this is the open robe and his underwear, no shirt.
0: I'm going to <laughs> Mickey gonna, D's. Anybody up for a Big Mac? A <laughs> <laughs> couple of grease stains on, <laughs> on, a, on a wife beater and everything. Yep. Oh, that'd be perfect.
1: Yes, that would have been great.
0: Oh, excuse me, honey. I didn't know you had a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I just didn't care. I've been smoking marijuana since last night officially changed his title to the first dude
1: can you believe Monica Lewinsky changed her phone number what the fuck
0: oh man oh fuck that's horrible and awesome at the same time I
1: invited Boris Nielsen back over he plays
0: a mean clarinet gonna have a jam session oh that would have been awesome to see
1: he would have had, like, Jeff Foxworthy over, like, every other day. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy. <sighs> There's a There was a Comedy Central special, like, ten years ago where this comedian talked about how he, he got, like, introduced to Bill Clinton uh, at, like, some event. And for whatever reason, like, they really hit it off. And it was, like, how Bill Clinton, when he was president, he had this, like, circle of just, like, like, somebody was, like, a musician. A couple of them, were like, were comedians. But they were, like, they even, like, had this, like, nickname where, like, the Secret Service would call them, um, uh, like, the FOB, the Friends of Bill. And they would just hang out, like, a bunch of times. And it was just, like, this, just, like, down-to-earth kind of guys that Bill would hang out with. And at one point, uh, they, they went to Amsterdam. Like, there was some sort of, like, a political thing going on. And it was, like, he went there. With uh, Bill and uh, the comedian guy, had um, it was either just, like taking mushrooms or smoking some mar- or smoke, smoke some marijuana or something, and Hillary found out and like Hillary like put an end to the friends of Bill. She's oh, like, it's you it's... cannot be doing this shit. Yeah, you, know, you just this is not what Bill needs to be. You, we can't have this around Bill. You just need to cut the shit. And they like, she put a stop to it. So who knows if that happened? But it was, uh, it was full of fun impressions and uh, fun stories.
0: Wow. Oh, um, hey, so, did you know that the Proud Boys are designated as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center?
1: I would have been surprised if they weren't. I just. <laughs> You know, any group of of adult men who call themselves blank boys, there's nothing good. There's no good that that group is accomplishing. That is some weird shit. (laughs) Yeah, They probably, if they didn't engage in so many fucking race riots, they probably wouldn't be called a hate group.
0: Probably. Yeah, well, I mean, if their spokesperson didn't freaking openly advocate for killing everyone else.
1: It, violence, or was it, fighting solves everything, Is I think is his motto. With his yes. douchebag, hipster fucking beard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen the Times has gotten so much criticism over, over their profile of him? I have not. Yeah, they did a profile piece on him, and uh, it really kind of downplayed and kind of normalized his stances. And uh, uh, a couple of uh, other outlets are pretty much lambasting them for even printing that shit.
1: I I really think that what we learned again going back to 2016, it's um not to not to agree with uh, Donald Trump and his criticism of the media, but I I have to take a swipe at the media here. That I think that Trump did a great job of. And it's not like hes he did this, I think, consciously or he's brilliant with it. It's just, I think, his muddled, narcissistic, stupid personality just happened to to be able to do well at exploiting this. We've never had a candidate who so unabashedly fucking lies and just will tell people what they want to hear, even if it contradicts something he said five minutes ago. Like his shit with Elizabeth Warren, where he said two months ago, I'll pair, no, I didn't say that, like, check again. We have multiple news agencies with fucking a record of you saying it. We have you on video saying this, but it doesn't matter anymore. But I think that that's exactly the the, the weakness, I think, that our modern press has had, is they've never had to stand up to somebody who's so blatantly... Uh, takes advantage of say i I don't think the media does a good job of understanding what it means to be neutral not pushing back doesn't mean you're being neutral and there's so many times like say with a proud boys thing where oh we don't want to appear that we have agenda an agenda so we're going to be very uh lowball this because we don't want to seem like we're coming off as attacking it's okay to if somebody is doing things that are challengeable to challenge them that doesn't mean that you're being biased and i think that that's something that our today's media is really struggling to to move past
0: right well yeah that, that i don't know
1: it, it's the idea that every idea or every belief deserves equal equal time and equal consideration that's bullshit that is a yeah. bullshit premise and I think that's something that we're struggling with in the education system and in our media and specifically with the press. You shouldn't give some asshole flat earther conference a whole bunch of airtime. That's not something that can uh, that's decent scientific inquiry that you, we should be paying attention to. We shouldn't even be putting it on there to mock it or make fun of it. You should just maybe even just a brief report that it happened and move on. But the more you legit—you talk about it without talking, uh, Saying this is bullshit, the more you're legitimizing it. So by not taking a side on that, you've actually taken a side.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's there's almost only so much freaking oxygen in the freaking room, and the more press you give to shit like that, the less there is for anything that's actually relevant.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's that idea that creationism should have equal footing in schools because it's the evolution's just a theory. So why wouldn't we give this an equal theory? Well.
0: Okay. Fuck
1: that. the Shit. The Preservers from Star Trek are just a fucking. Why is that belief any less valid than your fucking creationism? Both are from fucking works of fiction. No. So okay. why don't we. We should cover the Battlestar Galactica theory of fucking the origin of man and the no. Lords of Cobalt. We should talk about the Preservers. We should talk about no. all of that shit. Or, we should just focus on the theory... Because, again, it's this idea that they're not all equivalent. It's, why don't we talk about the ones that have Barrett's in fact, and if parents want to go above that to talk about the fairy tale shit, they absolutely can.
0: Okay, here's what gets me. Okay, and... and, uh, I know at times I can be a fucking grammar Nazi about shit. Okay, but the colloquial term, theory... And scientific theory are worlds the fuck apart.
1: Oh, exactly.
0: And, and the fact that fucking idiots cannot open up a fucking dictionary and see what the difference is between you're talking about scientific theory and just, you know, the colloquial misused term theory and, and, and try and give it equal weight to, you know, one is just an idea. Actually, it's not really an idea. It's just a fucking actually it's a hypothesis. Yeah, you know, there's there's a fucking difference, and people need to educate themselves and figure this shit out.
1: One hundred percent.
0: So, anyways, grammar Nazi rant over.
1: You can tell that we didn't uh, we didn't really care for this issue because we had grabbed every other talking point. So we had
0: grasped at straws.
1: Yeah. Um. Today we uploaded what I feel is our classic episode of Star Trek... Or of episode 20, the Star Trek Next Generation Top 10. And as I was editing it, I had an idea. One, it's not that I should edit better, but that's also probably an idea I should have. But we talked about maybe doing like a, a ne- an original series, uh, one down the line or whatnot. What I think might be fun to do next at some point and i purposely didn't do this off the air because i'm an asshole what if we did instead of like we, we did like say a top five of our least favorite next gen episodes
0: oh you want to go worst
1: yeah we could do worst and i mean that's not something that we have to do in the foreseeable future um i'm sure that will generate some hate now and I am going to just keep lobbying that hate mail. Uh, to, or if you if just saying some unpopular things. I mean, I've been watching more Enterprise. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Enterprise is a great show. But at this point, I mean, I haven't watched an episode of Discovery in a while, and I've watched a lot more Enterprise. I would say I like Enterprise more than Discovery.
0: The, now you're, you're enticing me to freaking watch that series more now.
1: Uh, um, which one? Enterprise? Or? Enterprise. Because yeah, it's... There's so many episodes that are a slog. I have to say, I really like the season one finale and the season two premiere. I actually dug it. I'm not going to sit here if if you never see it. I'm not going to say you're missing out. I have to say the show its biggest strength. It's I think whoever when they were writing the like they were pre-writing the show and they were talking about the universe that they wanted it to be in and the ideas for where they wanted it to go and specifically the characters i think they did a great job with that i would give them an a i love all the characters of some a lot more than others and this whole idea of humanity sucking and everything being this like everywhere they go people being more advanced and kind of kind of patting humans' heads and just realizing, like, the the low people on the totem pole. You know, it's such a different world than the other Star Treks we were, were used to. Especially even, like, especially go to, like, Voyager in the Delta Quadrant. It was almost like they had the opposite attitude, where they had all this technology that nobody else had for the most part, and it was they, there was almost a, a sneering of them towards everybody else, and it's such a reversal from what Enterprise, you know, from a few years later was. So, I think that they, it was such a good, good good idea, it just was not, none of it was realized very well. Every episode, huh. you're like, I see what you wanted to do here, and here's ten, 10 ways it could have worked better. But, yeah, it's just, and it's disappointing in that way, too, because you can, exa- you can see the potential that's wasted every episode. Okay. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Um, i'm I'm ah oh man, I'm gonna probably end up watching it i I just started watching Buffy too,
1: yeah, I've never had an interest in Buffy. I've watched a few episodes because people had asked me to, or I was over at somebody's house, and it's never a show that grabbed me
0: yeah, it's it's way too nineties for me right now
1: yeah i I know exactly what you mean,
0: so yeah, yeah, I'm thinking Enterprise might be a little more of my alley.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested in your take on it. Um I mean there there was an episode from season 1 um that I really dug. I think it was called like Doctor's Day. I'd have to go back. I thought that was really good. There I have to definitely say there the episodes in season 2 are a little bit I, I'm enjoying more than season 1. But I mean there are some episodes that I mean there's just it's such a slog to get through.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that and Oh, okay, so the worst uh, worst Next Generation show. Maybe we should think about that like for April Fool's.
1: Yeah. I, I think we're both going to have... You know, we're both going to be agreed on what the worst, worst show is. Because, I mean, it almost... It's, it, do, it shouldn't even count. Because it's always everybody's worst. It's, it's considered one of the worst episodes of Star Trek ever. Because they've only ever done one real clip show. And that was on Next Gen. So mm-hmm. it's almost like that one shouldn't count. The season okay. two finale of uh, Shades of Grey. Because, I yeah. mean, it's just, it wasn't even a show. It was like 15 minutes of scenes around 30 minutes of clips.
0: Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll go over the ground rules for it, and we'll, we'll yeah. bar that one from a contention.
1: I'm going to put Yesterday's Enterprise and Skin of Evil on there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I agree. Oh, I agree with Skin <laughs> and Evil, not with yesterday's Enterprise, though. So.
1: Yeah, I'm just being a dick.
0: And I know you are, you asshole.
1: Yeah. Do you Do you remember during that episode, I I didn't put inner light on, and you told me to like eat a fat bag of dicks?
0: Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that oh. escalated quickly.
0: Thank you for reminding me about that. I will post that on the Instagram. <laughs>
1: Um, talking about things that should say on Instagram, things that should not be posted on Instagram are Amazing Adventures issue 35, uh, featuring the War of the Worlds. Uh, we should, I think we should just jump on this. And if you guys couldn't tell, not to sour your, uh, opinion on this episode, but yeah, this was a, for me, this was a very lackluster issue, which kind of sucked because as i Throughout this the series, I've been looking at all the covers, and this was one I was really excited to uh, to to get to, and it just it did. I liked the cover, but it didn't uh, add up to it.
0: Well, I mean, you know, the, the cover art was definitely great. And throughout the story, there is one person that wants to jump on something for sure.
1: This is true. <laughs> um. So just to get into it, again, this is Amazing Adventures 35. So we don't have very many of these very uh, Amazing Adventures left. So I'm going to try to savor them as much as I can. This is starring Kill Raven, and in this issue issue, we get the thread of the 24-hour man.
0: Yeah, that's about freaking 20 about 20 hours too long.
1: Absolutely, it's Killraven Raven versus man mutant for the most fantastic prize of all. That's very debatable. But I love the 24-Hour Man's uh, design on the cover. Too bad he really doesn't look anything like that in the issue.
0: Right, yeah. The the cover design was way different than what you saw further in the issue. And and that is unfortunate because it it is an awesome character design.
1: Because every time I passed this and I saw the thread of the 24-Hour Man, I I wanted to know what the hell that meant. Because I'm like, isn't everyone a 24-Hour Man? The days. 24 hours and if you're living in that day you're a 24 hour man but how naive i was because i i soon learned the the answer was uh not very engaging but uh i love because on the cover we have him battling kill raven and he's throwing it looks like some arrows and it's actually really cool if you've ever read any x-men issues with long shot it's the same the way he throws them like like his his hand goes out in like a an arc, and you see a bunch of projectiles go out, that's exactly how when, say, Longshot throws his knives, it looks the exact same way. And this is ten years before that, so I thought that was well, eight, seven or eight. I thought that was pretty neat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and the abilities they gave uh, the 24-hour man were interesting. The the arrows or barbs that he projects are pretty cool.
1: I, I love the one time we see him really use them, and it's We'll talk about it more when we get there. It's like there's. It looks like they should be shooting the opposite way. I have no idea how they shoot out when it looks like they should be shooting backward. Yeah. Um. I love the little kill raven that we have up by the War of the War- World's logo. He has like bleach blonde hair.
0: Yeah, he's he's no longer the fiery haired hero. He's uh, apparently spent too much time in salt water.
1: I think he's been walking under the sun too long is because he's inexplicably going south i mean is this are these issues going to end with him in florida
0: i still (laughs) i still need to do the map thing i i really need to get a map and just draw every place he went maybe we'll do that for like the final episode or something and i'll try and get a picture of it because this is like the most fucking like navigationally blind motherfucker ever to walk the earth
1: yeah, I mean, he is just—he is going in the absolute wrong direction. I'm—I'm I'm so tempted to pop that last issue just to see where it takes place. My guess is going to be Florida. <laughs>
0: he's like going to get
1: down to like Key West, or like no, the last Epcot gonna, Center.
0: No, he's going to be in Epcot Center in Disney World. And it's going to be all fucking ruined, and he and there, there's going to be like a freaking ten-page long monologue about fucking fucking entertainment of. Fucking the old world and all sorts of shit like that.
1: I think he's going to think it's a national park and just not understand, like, uh, or why there's not trees. (laughs) Do you think he thinks that he's on the right path?
0: Oh, yeah. He he really thinks he's on the right path. Because
1: they've been really... Do you remember how we had, like, two episodes go by or issues go by where nobody... uh, They were just going to uh, Yellowstone National Park... And nobody had asked him why. He just, like, packed up. He's like, we're going to the national park. Like, let's get walking. And they'd been doing that for, like, weeks before uh, Hawk was like, why the fuck are we going there? So it's – we've seen that's kind of their – how how they do things. Do you think nobody has pointed this out or that they don't understand? Or do they even know that they're going the opposite direction or the wrong way and just nobody has really just, just corrected her? I have no idea. Nothing would surprise me at this point.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, out of all the random shit that they found in their travels, why haven't they found a compass?
1: Or some sort of futuristic technology. It it wouldn't be, say, like a GPS, they'd have some crazy name for it. Like Mm -hmm. Land Location Analyzer.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I don't don't know. I can't figure that out. Yeah. But, yeah, so this is the 24-Hour Man. And credits go to Don McGregor, author Craig Russell for layouts Keith Griffin and Jack Abel are the artists I, Navy is your letterer Jan Cohen is the colorist And Mar Wolfman is the editor
1: Do you think Camilla Frost knows that they're going the wrong way And she keeps trying to tell Killraven And he's just being an asshole and not listening to her?
0: Yes, Absolutely like, how many palm
1: trees do we need to go by, Kill Raven before you realize we're not heading uh, west?
0: Right. And speaking of Camilla Frost, it, I, I noticed there was a lot more attention to detail on her uh, her uh, inking and her, her penciling this issue.
1: I, I have to say, I really like how she's being, how she was drawn in this issue and how she's been drawn the last several issues. Do you remember how weirdly she was drawn in her first few, like, uh, issues?
0: Yeah, she looked like the freaking, um, the the overly needy girlfriend from all the memes.
1: Yes. Yes. She did not, she did not look good.
0: No, but I, I mean, I didn't really notice it as much last issue, but last time we actually did an issue was a little, little ways in the past.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Through the magic of, uh, us not releasing on <laughs> a regular interval and moving things around, the audience has no idea that this has not been a linear,
0: type. right? But but uh, the the art direction in this issue, while I will agree with you, the story content was lacking. The art direction was really impressive for me. This issue,
1: I will agree. Now that in hindsight, as I, I picked it back up and I'm looking, the art was really good. But yeah, this uh, the this entire story just left me just. Why? I don't understand why it was there. I don't think it, it made a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, the, the art and the framing were great. The story was fucking batshit crazy. Yeah.
1: We, uh, we open on Atlanta, Georgia of October of 2019. So again, we're getting a lot farther away from uh, Yellowstone National Park.
0: Um, and a lot closer, to well, a year in the future.
1: We open on a cemetery. There's a pretty gnarly looking body out in the open, wearing a pretty gnarly costume with no pants. And in front of it, we have a blonde-haired woman, um, kneeling in front of it, and we have our crew of heroes, um, coming up to them. And you'll notice there's no Grok and no Hawk. And, uh, if you're wondering why, you're gonna have to go see a previous episode.
0: All right, and this, uh, the corpse here, it's, um, I think the word that comes immediately to mind is desiccated, which is odd, given George's climate,
1: yes, especially since it's weird that that arm's up in the air because mm-hmm.
0: um
1: we're we're gonna get into the mechanics of this in a little bit and how biologically unsound I think the principles here are, but yeah we'll we'll get into that in a little bit,
0: so yeah, so uh, our heroes come upon this uh lady, she's apparently grieving but in some sort of state of distress and confusion
1: she yeah, she seems traumatized she's she's definitely as they're trying to figure out what's going on with her she's uh she's more talking at them than talking to them she's she seems like she's snapped she's been yeah. through quite the trauma
0: yeah and what is this evil eye gesture she's doing like in the in the panel on the lower half and the right side.
1: I, uh, I'm i not sure. But uh, what we do know is that she asks if they're there to save her. Uh, she says it's far too late. She has born... I'm going to say the pronunciation is going with Garath. She's born Garath's child. She nurtured it with her body. That's usually what you do when you bear a child. She gave it life. Midnight life. Which... We'll learn more what these rantings mean, and she she runs off.
0: Right, and our, our heroes go in pursuit. As they do. Yeah, as they do. And uh, the uh, distressed woman comes into what looks like a tomb with a really interesting drawn monster.
1: Yeah, she meets the Loch Ness Monster, as envisioned oh. by Lovecraft.
0: Oh, Nessie. <laughs>
1: It's a cool monster design. And we learn that this monster, it is
0: Garath. I, I thought it was Grinch, but hey, Gareth works. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: this whole episode, because it, 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 we learn that she bore Gareth's child, and now that you see that Garath is not a non-humanoid being, I... We learn later that this is not necessarily the case; that this was some sort of uh, sexual violation by this creature. So, right. but now the fact. So, but this, for most of this issue, I was imagining like a sexual assault by this thing that looks like a tentacly Loch Ness monster. And now that you've you, you're you've put in my mind that this thing's name is the Grinch, I don't know if I can carry for a carry on. <laughs> Creepy yeah, you creepy one, Mister Grinch. You,
0: I just pull hentai on me like right away.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it. Totally made sense to me why this woman would snap to be violent. Especially, I mean, this thing is like two stories tall. Yeah, the yeah, biological, yeah, biologically, this thing was dubious to me. And then when you learn that this is not the case of how uh, his child was born, and it's something that's even less biologically practical. It just, it gives us more questions, but uh, I'm, right. I'm going to have to reject your name of the Grinch just because I just, I already have enough that I can't really deal with this issue on, and that's just one more thing that just, it would ruin it for me.
0: Right, so uh, on on the headers of each, well not each page, but a, as the scene progresses, um, the, header, the, the book is giving you a header of what time it is during this sequence, so... It's currently 7:21 a.m. it looks like. And um the Grinch it, it, the our heroes come upon the Grinch and of course they open fire because it's big ugly and it's a monster. How do
1: you get Grinch out of that? It's G R A T H. You you have you have completely rewritten like 80% of the name. <sighs> The only yeah. thing that those names have in common are the G, the R, and the H. So, right. when you first read this, the time continuity, uh, co- or continuity, sorry, sequence, did you think that was 720 or 1721?
0: Ooh. I thought it was 721, but now that I look at it, that, that's, that looks like, that's a, I guess that's what they're using for a zero?
1: Yes, but then if you look at the next page, they have an actual zero. But it really, in what universe are those zeros? They look like, to me, they look like ones. Poorly. Well, they look like lowercase r's, but it looks more like a one than it does a zero. So I I, I was, I flipped through this one before I read it, and I thought it was like a pulp fiction where it's going back and forward in time. And I'm like, wow, that's going to be really cool to read. To, I like kind of figure out the timeline, and no, it's just that every few pages they just haven't the zero look like a lowercase r. It's no,
0: I, no, I know what it is. I know what it is. It's on the colorist. It's oh, on the color-
1: I see it now. Guess he, he drew the inside of it red instead of the outside of it. So it's like an. Yes. On, so listeners, the o, the it's the inside of the o is shaded instead of the outside. Like what, like the rest of the letter or numbers,
0: yes, Man, it's, it's a negative.
1: Man, you you figured it out.
0: Yeah, it's a negative. So yeah, so I'm calling this one. It's seven twenty, oh. not seven twenty one.
1: Yeah, I, I I I knew that what they were trying to convey, but yeah, I did not see that. Yeah, I I absolutely can see that now. It wasn't an odd zero. I can see the zero now. It's just that they shaded the wrong part.
0: Yeah, they they color the color is fucked up on that one. Um, so yeah, but the interesting part on this on this page in the very middle panel, you see uh, the Grinch shoots some arrow-like projectiles from his foreheadish area, yeah, if you, which uh, mimics what you see on the cover.
1: If you see, uh, if you think of like the Loch Ness monster, it was like say like right where its head meets its neck, if that would shoot these long harpoons out, that's what it looks like. And yeah. man, it uh, it's kind of a dick. It misses uh Mishula for the most part but it gets through his afro like it uh like he says it parts his hair it was quite or killer says that which made me laugh oh yeah. not to be a dick but just to kind of pick on the art, or, or uh, the artist a little bit does it not look like on that top panel cuz we see that they're running after the woman and now she's uh she's stopped in front of McGrath it looks like she's sliding towards him like she's sliding into home plate
0: exactly yeah she totally looks like she's sliding in at home
1: yeah but uh other than that i mean the how cool the monster design is here is really awesome
0: yeah uh, and definitely kudos for the for the monster design on this and also for i don't think i i've seen a single panel on this issue where carmilla looks like she's going batshit crazy
1: no she actually of because um, there's a a Above, right before he shoots at them with his his like head arrows, they're uh, they're trying to save this woman from McGrath, and they're all shooting at him with their uh, with their weapons. And I would say of the three of Mashula, Killraven, and Camilla, she's the one who I think's drawn the most heroically there.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: She's got the classic, like Han Solo blaster pose, like casually, like lining up and shooting. Where the other two are kind of like crunched over uh, their weapons. So yeah, she 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 is the has the much better body language and posture.
0: Right. So. Um, moving on, you see that uh, at time sequence seven twenty three. Before someone...
1: we before we move on to that next page, I want to say that last panel, the bottom panel. Mm-hmm. Super well done. How uh, I almost missed it when I was first reading through. You can see there's a figure on top of the building, like watching them. Oh yeah. And so uh, um, you can that they they introduce because we see him on the next page. But yeah, that's cool. They it's it was really easy to miss. But yeah, you can see them being watched, and he's like about to jump down and confront them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see that now. So yeah, and it then pans the camera angle to from behind that figure, looking down on everyone else.
1: And, and Oh, go ahead.
0: And yeah, you're right. He does take a rather astounding leap down a ground level.
1: It's cool. This character that we're about to be introduced to, he's uh more or less like the for the most part for the rest of the issue the narrator. Right. Which I mean, I think that's a cool touch. To have this uh, outside being be the narrator, I just wish they would have done something with it.
0: Yeah, and, and this outside being is uh, a, uh, Oh, okay. This is the panel you had issue with. Okay, um, he's a green hued, almost like Adonis meets Roman warrior styled character.
1: I have no idea why that like that that costume looks the way it does, but it look, like you say, it looks like a Roman centurion wearing a knight helmet. Yeah. And we learn that he is linked with Garath; that he feels Garat 's wounds that they've inflicted on him.
0: Right. And uh, in the middle, he jumps down, he you know, uh, grabs Camilla from behind, and I think this is the panel you really had an issue with.
1: He shoots these these spikes, just like Gareth's, out of his arms. But as you see as they come up, they're almost like a porcupine's quills. So if you you put your arm out, like say you were pointing at somebody, they're pointing backward towards his head, but yet they're shooting forward.
0: Yeah, it's um, physics-defying, shall we say.
1: Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, the artist did a terrific job on Camilla... Like, I mean, the first several issues of the series, they really struggled to have a consistent look for her or to have one where she just didn't look like she was snarling or crazy. And I mean, the attention to detail on her face in this issue is it's really amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot more attention on her this issue than in the past. So the artist definitely had to kind of bring her more into focus.
1: I'm glad we're talking about this. I'm finding much more positive things to say about this issue than I thought I was going to. Because, I mean, the writing on this one, I really hated.
0: Yeah, uh, I I wholeheartedly agree there.
1: So, he he grabs this individual who, I'll just, spoilers, this is the 24-hour man. He grabs Camilla and he is trying to run off with her.
0: Yeah, apparently the 24-hour man's name is Emmanuel. Let's just call him Manny.
1: Okay, I'm good with that. I will meet you halfway because I will not call, uh, call this monster the Grinch. Um, I also like the, it's almost a throwaway line by Killraven, but he says, it's no wonder this woman speaks gibberish. A one madness after another happens here. Because while they're facing down this uh, crazy, almost little crafty monster, you know, this green guy comes and is attacking them from the other side. It's almost like they're in a pincer movement
0: yeah yeah you know it's it's like Benny and the Jets except it's Manny and the Grinch
1: I'm gonna end this podcast right now <laughs> I gotta say that was awful so we're now getting time um um continuity sequence seven hello hey everybody um. going to stop the podcast briefly we uh we seem to be having some technical difficulties and we lost crews so stand by okay yeah that will work we're back we're back everyone but for how long
0: okay so um time community time continuity sequence zero seven two seven yes
1: They did some good detail on Manny's face. You can tell they're trying to draw him to be a a good-looking guy. He's quite chiseled.
0: Yeah, he's totally chiseled, and he's, um... I I think they're trying to draw him to be... Not relatable, but... How would you... Sympathetic, almost.
1: His face looked kind of familiar, and maybe I'm overreaching, but... Do you know who he lo- what what he looks like? It looks like his face is based off of Michelangelo's David.
0: There you go. See, my first thought was Adonis, but you're right. David kind of makes it better.
1: Yeah. He definitely I mean, you can tell he's got these like classic chiseled features.
0: Yeah, well, he totally looks okay. like a Greco Roman freaking yeah. figure. It's
1: getting a little warm in here.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> but, um he uh he he grabs Carmen and starts getting a little frisky with her.
1: He definitely does. Um what I I really like about this, it's and I'm not even sure if they would have handled this this well like a few or epi- er, issues ago. I think they would have made her a damsel and this entire episode er, issue as he's like kidnapping her, she has very much her own agency. She's fighting against him. She's verbally going tit for tat with him. She's while well, The rest of the group is coming to assist. It's not like she's just sitting there waiting for a rescue. She absolutely has her own
0: agency, which is cool. Right. Yeah. She is absolutely resisting as much as possible. Yeah.
1: He. Uh. He. He starts kissing her, and yeah, that is. Uh, that is not sitting well with her.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah. She immediately decks him, and uh, Mishua, of course, is not having this either.
1: No. And they. The caption boxes we have here again because he's our kind of our our eyes in the story it makes much more sense when you see that this this creature's lifespan and how he works but it's like they were purposely trying to be obtuse and, and create confusion uh yeah. yeah though he has known the passion of every member of his race he has never t- tasted a, wa- a woman's lips personally he seeks tenderness and it's just it's Again, that just it seems like kind of a throwaway line. It doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. This will all make sense in the end. Well, it it really doesn't. His whole lifespan is stupid, and it uh <laughs> not to be too uh mean, but yeah, but we'll we'll get this all explained. but yeah hes he's trying to put the moves on Camilla, and we we keep establishing that he's only been alive for a few hours at this point, so even though he has this base of knowledge, it's like he' hasn't, uh, he hasn't experienced this stuff personally.
0: Right. And you know, he, he grabs Camilla, he he's taking her away and he's basically saying, I, I have no choice, I wish I did, but there isn't one. Which yeah. I it, i find it kind of interesting that the one they make seem not to have agency is him. Yes. But he's I powerless yeah. to powerless to fight against his own instinct.
1: Which I'm gonna call I, I... I think it's a convenient excuse to justify, for him to justify what he's doing. But yeah, it's, I guess you don't have a lot of life experience, but I guess he does. And we'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a salmon compelled to swim upstream, but he's not. He seems to be like a reasoning entity. But uh, again, we'll, we'll get to that. So Camilla is heedless of the danger. He is charging after Camilla.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mashula is charging. after Or oh, what did I say? You said Camilla is charging after Camilla.
1: <laughs> Man, that would be quite the feat. That would yeah. be pretty awesome. <laughs> yes. This is already a confused issue that would have taken anything away from it. So yeah, Mashula uh is going after Kil- uh <laughs> Camilla uh heedless of the danger.
0: Right, and he almost gets himself speared by the grinch.
1: <laughs> I I don't see a grinch in the story. Is there a moment at the end of the story uh, where the Grinch realizes that he's, he's wronged these people and his, his, his heart grows like three sizes larger? Yes,
0: yes there is.
1: I, I don't think that that's the case.
0: I will tell you when it is.
1: It's, 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 a, it's a farcical statement. You are, you are a farce. <laughs> <laughs> so, Graf is attacking them. And Meshula uh, almost gets, gets killed. Killraven has to knock him out of the way. Um, I have to say, Killraven was a real dick this issue. Yeah. Not, not consistently throughout the whole issue. But, uh, we get, he he really is coming down on Camilla, or on Mashula, and we'll get to that on the next, I think on the next page here. But he's really being a dick to Mashula about the whole Camilla situation for no reason.
0: Well, that's because freaking Raven's a redhead, and that means he has no soul.
1: <sighs> I, my wife pulls that stuff, that shit too, occasionally. And if you're not, I mean, that you're not British. That we're Americans. We don't, we don't do that here with the with the redheaded stuff. <laughs> I, I feel kind of bad for Old Skull here because they want to know what happened to uh, Gareth. and he says it just disappeared. And you can tell they're dubious of his story. And he's like, I wouldn't believe me either. But I saw it with with my own eyes. I just kind of feel bad. If Meshula had said that happened, you know, there would never have been a question about it. But it's just, it's so far-fetched. And he's sometimes, I think, a bit of an unreliable narrator. We can't forget about the bunnies and the talking squirrel from a few issues back.
0: Exactly. I just wonder how he keeps that mustache so on point.
1: (laughs) I don't think I want to know.
0: You know... You're right.
1: <laughs> Whatever he's using to keep that, like, say, like just, just to keep it shaped, to keep it uh, moosed out there, I just, I don't want to know.
0: Yeah, I mean, he looks like an old timey Mister Clean. Yeah, he
1: if I've said this multiple times, but he absolutely he is the spitting image of Doctor Mindbender from GI Joe. <laughs> yes, I mean, he just needs the monocle.
0: That that's it. Sold.
1: Um, I really like this next page. Uh, well, not because of Killraven; he's a dick. But uh, I, I like him, Ashula. Here, they're going back to the graveyard. We're at time continuity sequence uh, 0809. and um, the the conversation we have here it's they're t- they're going back to the death of Grok and Hawk, and I like this just the this whole word balloon of uh mashula's uh he took camilla whoever he is and we haven't got any guarantee against death if we did both grok and hawk wouldn't be lying under the earth in a place we'll probably never be able to find again it ended for me that day the belief that we were the select few the martians could never defeat and that's not what Killraven wants to hear he says very emphatically they can't defeat us but i mean this is for mashula He's, he always felt like they were invincible, that whatever happened, they were going to make it through, and now his confidence in that has been shaken. He realizes that was kind of a stupid belief, because now right. two of their parties dead, and he kind of has to confront. What we're doing is real dangerous. This has real stakes. I mean, one of us could die at any moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's definitely faced with uh, his own and his compatriots' mortality, and it's it's taken its toll on him. Yeah, still here.
1: Okay, so you just, you'd cut out for a second. So uh, mm. I what I like here is Mashula uh or Kilraven confronts him. He says, This woman has changed you, Mud Mudbrother, and not for the better, I wager. And I mean we really get some good Mashula dialogue. And he he, he asks if as Kilraven thinks that like this his feelings for Camilla is a weakness. And he says he sees it as the opposite. Uh that there is because he, he thinks that Kilraven only sees strength and solitude, but Camilla has changed him. She's taught him that he he now has enough strength to commit himself to another person, and he didn't think he had that much courage before.
0: Right, yeah. And then he fucking quips, you know, that it's good to hear that he's so cheerful, which is definitely a dick move. Yeah,
1: that is quite a dick thing to say. Yeah. So that takes us to uh, time continuity sequence uh, 821. And does anybody give a shit anymore? At this point, because I know my, my, my shits, my uh, ability of the shits was starting to, to wane at this point. But so they're yeah. going back through the graveyard. They find the body they passed before and Killraven notices that the closer, its closer missing. And why are it, it has red eyes and it's just, why are its eyes still there? It's a decomposing skeleton that has like no flesh left, but it still has like two red eyes.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you if you remember my statement on the first page, was that it looked desiccated. It, 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 it desiccated like it still had the skin attached to the bones. At this point now, it's only bones. It's just rapidly decomposing.
1: Green bones. Damn right. It's the Hulk.
0: No, he is just another figment of a Dr. Seuss book, and I will not eat green bones over here, and I will not eat green bones over there.
1: This is, I, I, it, my Skype didn't close. I hung up on you. <laughs> so Killraven also, he's quite the Columbo this issue. Not only did he notice the clothes were missing, he noticed... I mean, I guess it's not that unusual. There's not that, that he noticed that the, the only person that they've met is wearing the same clothes that the corpse is wearing. Because this is, again, it's a very unusual, pantless sort of uniform. So I could see why he would be quick to pick that up.
0: Mm, yes, you know, regular Sherlock Holmes here.
1: Um, again, this uh, M- Emmanuel uh, or Manny is talking about that his mother. He's talking about his connection with his mother, how she continually cried. Uh, that there's no tears in Camilla's eyes, and he's never cried before. But he knows the the the, the pain intimately.
0: You're right, and in, in the bottom right panel, you, you get another up-close face, shine. he does look like a sympathetic character, even though he's being kind of a douche.
1: Yes, and it's, I agree, they they try to paint him as a, almost like a victim in all this, and we get some dialogue throughout the issue where, like, Kill Raven's like, I almost, like, you know, I didn't feel, like, animosity towards him, I felt that he, you know, he we had some... Some things in common, like that we had, uh, that he was not necessarily an antagonist. Which, uh, it's arguable. He says said, he, he's never been lost, but then I've never been found either, and I shall die that way. That, that is some terrible dialogue. I just
0: had to. It's I look, like yeah, bad, shitty romance novel. I was just about to say
1: that's what the shit you would hear on like Party of Five. Oh, um, I love that. Um, uh, Camilla agrees because she tells him to keep speaking in uh, riddles and uh, I'm pleading with him not to scream, or her not to scream.
0: (laughs) Right, I I do like the little three panels up top where you have the lightning flash and the silhouette. I thought that was rather artistically done.
1: Yes, I thought that was pretty cool.
0: And I I, I do take a little... I'd say out of all the close-up shots they do of uh, Manny, this middle one was probably the worst one of the bunch.
1: Agreed. He's more Jolly Green Giant and less... Michelangelo's David.
0: Yeah, I think they were trying really hard to do something with the shading and it just didn't come off well.
1: <laughs> kind of like the issue.
0: Yeah. That and I sure. think they dropped the ball with Camilla in the next shot too a little bit.
1: Yeah, her eyes are way too big for her face.
0: Yeah, it's a little crazy lady.
1: Um, So we see though why she's kind of reacting. The creature, Gareth is back. wrench. <sighs> <laughs> And we, the 24 hour man, Emmanuel, says, you know, he was never far. He's the vital link to my race's survival. And I have so much issues with his dialogue once you figure out what's going on. And that, but we learn that's why he's chosen Camilla. He's chosen her to be the mother of his whole race. And she tells him he's out of his mind, which I agree with her. That's what this sounds like. Yes. Um, we learn on the next page under time continuity sequence nine zero or nine oh. Let's just say nine oh three. That's what this is. Yeah, let's
0: just go nine oh three.
1: Yeah, uh, that him and Garath are almost one by mental transmutation. We they can be one merged and absorbed, but they can't live apart. That Garath is the source of the energy that Emmanuel needs to live his twenty four hour lifespan one day lifetime the day's infinity to him so we start to learn that his whole life cycle here is that he lives 24 hours and then he mates and then when he mates his basically all of his memories are passed on to his progeny so he's he's linked to Grath who they're in this symbiotic relationship, where they're part—almost you can think of them as part of almost like the same organism. Garath yeah. kind of protects the mother of uh, of of this race's uh, progeny until she gives birth, and then gives that 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 new entity the ability to grow quickly, and then it has twenty-four hours to live to then spawn again. And it's whole his whole race's memory, which. I don't think you can call that a race. It's one living at one time. And so its memories get, his memories will get passed on to his son and his sort of the next son. So that's how he's accumulated so much knowledge and how he under, can talk and understand things and, uh, and the world around him because he, this has been going on for countless iterations.
0: Okay. I, I am rereading this. I have some issue with this now.
1: I have so many issues with this. But what are your <laughs> issues?
0: Okay, so let's, let's 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 do the math now. All right. Um typically well first off, the the time frame is the Martians came in like 2001 or so, 2003 or 4?
1: Oh. oh man, it's been so long. I, I want to say it was like 2000, wasn't it?
0: Well, yeah, cuz I mean this is 2019 in the setting. Killraven is 18 years old or so. Uh Carmilla is only like 16. By, by by, the um, metrics of the, the cards we were given a couple issues back.
1: That was not Camilla.
0: That was... Uh, that was Mint Julep. Mint Julep. Well, okay, let's just call her 20 then.
1: Yeah, I think she was in her early 20s.
0: But if Killraven's 18 at this point, that means he was born in 2001, and he remembers the Martian invasion. He was like about five or six. So you've got roughly... Thirteen years between when the Martians attack and the current time. In that thirteen years, apparently, the Grinch was spawned somehow out of whatever genetic experiments occurred. The normal human gestation period, gestational period, which is what what the twenty four hour what Manny has, his race has a normal gestational period of nine months.
1: That was what I got as well. Yes.
0: So, and actually with the human female it's 10 months really from conception to delivery so 10 months spawn one day life cycle rinse wash repeat in all actuality this guy the intelligence of this race is only about fucking like 18 years old or i'm sorry 18 days old how the fuck does he have all this knowledge
1: I'm wondering if there's some sort of, again, maybe he's getting some sort of uh, cognitive abilities from uh, Gareth, or it doesn't make any sense.
0: I choose it doesn't make any sense. I would agree. Okay. I'm glad to see we're on the same page after I dissected it.
1: What I was wondering, too, because, I mean, the only characters we're introduced to are Gareth, the 24-hour man, and uh, the blonde woman from the beginning who is his mother, it doesn't look like Atlanta here is a thriving city anymore. I'm wondering if that was not the first time that she was impregnated by uh, the 24-hour man. And maybe well, that's why yeah, she's so out there, why she's so yeah. why she's traumatized.
0: I I agree with you on that one.
1: Which makes that pretty tragic.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree there, too.
1: But it also, I mean, my big issue then, it's, one, that body who we now learn is the 24-hour man's father, he doesn't have glowing red eyes, so why does the skeleton have glowing red eyes? And if he's been, so we've now learned that that body has been sitting there, like you said, it's not like that happened 24 hours ago, that was a probably, yeah, that was between 9 and 10 months ago. His arm wouldn't just be sit, you know, up in the air like that. There wouldn't be, I mean, he'd be more rotted and, and, and I mean, because he's just sitting there exposed on, like the, on top of like a slab in a cemetery.
0: Right. And you got to wonder, okay, if she's been impregnated more than once and the 24-hour man has to do the impregnating, was she getting knocked up by her own son consistently over and over again? I mean, fucking kind of Oedipus level shit are we talking about here?
1: And I mean, cuz I'm not even how much DNA is he getting from uh the the mother? Because I mean, if that's happening multiple times, what is that doing cuz his his genetic tree isn't forking the way that it should. But again, I mean, we're we're extrapolating that based off of uh Let's be honest, we're we're taking this level of detail way beyond what the author intended with Don... I I, I mean, this doesn't even feel like a Don McGregor story to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll agree. We're digging way too deep.
1: And I guess what really irritated me about the story, too, was Killraven Kill seemed really out of character. I mean, he was snarky and kind of an asshole, but... He's always the one that's talking about getting their values back from the Martians and not letting their humanity die. And so now Meshul is showing some humanity, and he's all up his ass about it. Yeah. But again, I guess, I mean, people are inconsistent, so it's we expect consistency in our characters, and that's not how humans are. Killraven seems like kind of, I mean, he's in his early 20s, so I mean, he's kind of a shit person. I mean... A lot of people in their 20s, late teens and early 20s, I'm sorry, you don't have a lot of maturity and you do stupid shit. That's why you, you're learning to be an adult. So I guess it makes sense that he'd be uh, shitty.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of consistent, uh, at least Carm is being consistent in saying this shit ain't happening.
1: Yeah, and We, we get, because we, we, if you go back to the beginning, you remember his mother said that she, he was born at midnight, how fucking ridiculous is that? That and that seems that could be the, the 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 consistent thing that he that their progeny or she calls him his midnight son that that happens because she says your midnight will never arrive. I just it's really <laughs> stupid that you had to have him be born at midnight and he's the twenty four hour man. So he go he goes from midnight to midnight. That's so fucking stupid.
0: It is it is dumb. So. We move to time continuity sequence nine, twelve. Yeah, nine twelve, and uh, in comes Kill Raven, freaking jump kicking his way in to take on Manny. Uh, Manny, being the superb specimen that he is, uh, realizes what's going on and immediately turns the table on KR and throws him through a. Uh, probably one of the only uh, still-standing windows in the city.
1: Do you think, even though it didn't work out well for him, do you think that was really gratifying for Killraven? This entire series, we've just seen him get, like, bushwhacked and ambushed from behind. Like, uh, the... Uh, I mean, how many how many times have we seen him get snuck up on? There's I actually, a about- gr- like, a great panel from, it's like, issue 20, where, what was his name? Like, the Warlord. Uh, like... Oh, like Superman punches him with his bionic arm from behind. So for Kale Raven to finally get the jump and to do like a jump kick on somebody from behind—I mean, that's gotta be—that's gotta feel great.
0: Yeah, except for when it got turned around on him.
1: It's—it's <laughs> it's, it's a good first step,
0: though. <laughs> At least KR's taking the initiative.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he actually—it even though it didn't—didn't uh, didn't fell. Uh, or didn't, uh, take down, uh, Manny here, it was a good distraction, because while that's going on, while everybody's focus is on Kill Raven and Manny, Mashula lands multiple crossbow bolts to the head of, uh, Garath.
0: Grinch. <laughs> Lando. <laughs> this is why I'm doing Grinch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least that made sense, that guy was like the spitting image of Billy Dee Williams. I see. The guy looks a little bit like the Grinch. I'll give you that. Yeah, his so, neck is gone in that panel. <laughs> he, does, he actually looks pretty Grinchy.
0: Retracts, retracts.
1: So he's he gets three crossbow bolts to the head, and he's returning fire. And Michoula is able to like slip and slide underneath, uh, underneath, and around those.
0: Well, yeah, Michoula was trying to make sure he could try and see if he could get the Grinch's heart to get three sizes larger. <laughs> it just wasn't working.
1: You actually go to page twenty-two, and the panel on the left, in like the middle left, that his head there, Garath, actually looks pretty Grinchy. It
0: does it does. So yeah, so on to the next page. Timestamp nine twenty-one, oh. and they fucked up the lettering on the zero there as well.
1: I can't believe how many pages we have left. <laughs>
0: Uh, so the team's making an you know, all-out assault, and I, I don't know what wonder twin powers activate Captain Planet shit's going on here. You know, two become one, and fucking, I don't know, they absorb into each other and disappear?
1: Yeah, he, like, he phoenixes up, like, he turns into fire, and it's, like, right in front of, uh, old man- uh I should clarify, manual, right in front of the, uh, uh, Garath. Bench. He starts to like flame on like the human torch and they just teleport away.
0: Yep. And they're gone. Whee.
1: And that really just, that really freaks the fuck out of Old Skull. He says, but Old Skull won't never want to sleep after this. You just hung out with Volcanic Ash, who was doing flame shit all the time. This is... She never disappeared into fire, but with all the shit you've seen, that's real... That's the... You were just in a place where they were eating babies, but this is the thing that disturbs Old Skull?
0: Right. Right. And, you know, Mishul looks um, adequately worried in this panel, too. Yeah. So, yeah, they vaporize they, they, they and disappear, and... Okay. You're the 24-hour man. Why are you going to waste eight fucking hours? Because we go from a 9.21 timestamp to the next page. It's 17.13. For those of you that are not familiar with the 24-hour clock, that puts it from 9.21 in the morning to 5.13 in the afternoon.
1: So my my guess here is that he, he's not sure if he can win against Killraven. If you're only going to live 24 hours, I mean, that's a third of the day right there. That's eight hours. Maybe he just had some shit that he wanted to experience.
0: Okay, fair enough. I'll roll with that.
1: It's it's definitely not what really occurred, but...
0: It, it's, it, it make, has a plausible amount of sense to it, but I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he... <clears throat> he went to see Hamilton. He... He ate uh, ate some food. He he just wanted to experience life.
0: Yeah, he went to McDonald's and played in the play place for a minute.
1: <laughs> I hope it's not that same McDonald's from a few issues back.
0: <laughs>
1: With the Alex Jones monster.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, what I don't get is why is our team still hanging out by the, the corpse of the ancestor? <laughs>
1: and it still has the red eyes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that would have
1: been a good opportunity just to fucking leave, right?
0: Yeah, I we're mean, done. You had eight hours.
1: Yep. I and mean, they the, could have taken that eight hours to get even further away from Yellowstone <laughs> National Park. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, why he disappears? He's out living his short life. They just they do not move from that spot. They're just hanging out in the rain by that corpse.
0: Right, and you know they're they're talking and fucking Carm is going all Stockholm syndrome on her and sh- on this shit. You know, like talking about how she was overwhelmed by his, the vulnerability of his position.
1: Yeah, and I just yeah, I don't I don't I don't agree with it because I understand that this is his life cycle and so that he has to basically rape a woman to to uh perpetuate his line but i mean what kind of life is this right his son is going to have to do the same thing and his son and his son i mean what kind of nightmare bullshit existence is that sometimes just letting go i think i mean you're by not letting his son be born he's not dooming him to this shitty because if you're a sentient being that only has 24 hours and you have to spend that whole time trying to find somebody to forcibly rape? I mean, this that's... What point do you just say that there's there's no point to this?
0: Um, after you get elected president? Uh, had to do it. Had to do it. So, anywho.
1: Kill Raven talks about that he felt a strange, strange kinship because Kill Raven also, we see, does not have the most enlightened attitude towards women at times, so I bet he did.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Yep, and all that's left is uh, all they have in common is October Rain and, you know, they could have waited a month and they made it November Rain. (laughs) That
1: song wasn't written yet.
0: (laughs) I'm just just saying, you know. Then you could have added that as a sound clip.
1: (laughs) I was thinking about it, but... eh.
0: Okay, so we move forward seven more minutes. It's now 5.20 p.m., and back comes Manny and the Grinch.
1: He's riding uh, Garath, which is neat.
0: Yeah, he's like a really like pissed off and shitty looking luck dragon.
1: Yeah, he remind he's like a a, a Treu from the Never Ending Story if he had really terminal cancer.
0: Yeah, and and Falcor if he got that's what in I,
1: th- I meant. Yeah, Falcor. <laughs> yeah, don't ride Treu. That'd be weird.
0: So, but yeah, I mean. Doesn't look like the eight-hour time span has taken much toll on Manny's age, though.
1: No. That would not neat yeah. if he came back and he was a little bit older.
0: Yeah, you know, I had, I had searched for that. And I had hoped for that. But, you know, the more I looked at it, it didn't look like he was a middle-aged dude. He still looks, you know, the same, like, really fit mid-20s-ish.
1: Maybe it's just the last couple hours
0: yeah, maybe he just rapidly accelerate degenerates at the last couple hours of the day, who knows but yeah, they come back they spar, they're fighting back and forth, Killraven and Manny and, you know they're talking about freaking I don't know, Killraven's have some, having some sort of like a, a, a existential crisis or something, you know he's like, what spell do you weave, demon in your words, your challenges I hear myself
1: yeah, it, it, it's they're trying. I feel they're just trying to get more depth out of this than exists. They're trying to make him more of a sympathetic character than he is. I mean, it's I don't because I agree with you. I got because I cause I, don't, I don't know. Is this um some sort of Martian creature? Is this a mutation? If this is a mutation, this was something that was never meant to live.
0: Right. Exactly. It was. Yeah. It was not meant to live. It. It's. Its means of self-preservation were so fucking limited that it was bound to die out eventually.
1: Yeah, I mean, not to sound cold, but yeah, it's just you're do every every progeny is just just it's it's this miser- It's it's a torturous short existence.
0: Right. Well, and he's man, he's realizing what a tortured short existence he has because he says in. Is it answers you seek of me? Once in the dim hours of my youth, I thought there were answers, but not anymore. So if he's resigned himself that he does have to rape Camilla to get himself his race to carry on.
1: Which, again, I don't know that you can call that a race.
0: Exactly. So we move forward seven more minutes to five twenty-seven,
1: and we see here Camilla start to kick some ass. Yeah, she's got her uh, little blaster, and she is just unfucking loading on Grass face.
0: Yeah, she is delivering shot to shot right in his fucking dome yeah. till it and, goes empty. Yeah, I mean she just yeah. she
1: empties that pistol.
0: I find it amusing that a laser pistol goes click click when it's empty, but okay.
1: I mean, if I, I just imagine that was the trigger pull with nothing happening.
0: Right, so, so yeah, at this point freaking Grinch goes full hentai mode and you've got Tentacles freaking grabbing all of her appendages.
1: We see at this point, yeah, it looks like she's in trouble. We go to time continuity sequence uh, 1730, so 530. It, it just it took a minute, but all those, like the crossbow bolts and then her just emptying that laser pistol into its face finally starts to take a toll. And we see it uh graf kills over, and he's dead, lets go of her, and then we see without his energy to sustain uh a manual, he starts to melt <laughs> anyway, there's not even a... which this doesn't make any sense there's not even bones left over
0: right it's it it's it's almost like Raiders of the lost Ark without the bone structure underneath
1: yeah, I mean he's just a green puddle on the ground. <laughs> he's a witch. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was kind of neat. You see him like he's like <clears> down <throat> his face and you start to see the just the flesh just decomposing.
0: Yeah, he just starts sagging and melting and then he's done.
1: Yeah, so they all gather around uh his non-remains. His mother comes from nowhere and we basically she just she basically has the same dialogue she has at the beginning of the episode that she's That she's wondering if Garath is there. It's too late to save her. She sired Garath's child. Her body nurtured and sustained him and gave him midnight life. So... Then she walks away and they don't chase her this time. And they're only vaguely aware of the hint of beauty amid the darkly perverse events. So...
0: Yeah, the only thing that would have made this better is if a bunch of midgets came out of nowhere and started singing Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead.
1: Or maybe an Oompa Loompa song and we would get a nice moral uh, parable.
0: That might have explained more.
1: I like that the, it ends with uh, Old Skull asking, Mr. K- Killraven, what would have happened if Manuel had himself a child and it was a daughter? Then I <laughs> guess it would have, been, it would have kidnapped Mashula or uh, Old Skull or uh, Killraven. Or just biologically they can't. Or That's... don't go looking for meaning in something this stupid,
0: old skull. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like our, our little teaser at the bottom. It looks like uh Kill adventures are gonna mix with Breaking Bad and instead of a blue crystal we're gonna have a red dust legacy.
1: Yes, which this is one of those t- do you remember where we would have those not uh not match up?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and I anxiously await knowing whether this will be the case. But I think we we might segue into a parallel episode before that.
1: Yes. So I think we both agree that one just it didn't cream either of our corns.
0: No, no, not at all. I mean, I really like the steps in the art direction, this issue, but the story writing was fucking trash.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not the biggest fan.
0: No. Same here. I'd give it an 8 out of 10 for the art and a fucking 2 out of 10 for the freaking story.
1: I like that the only one who asked any sort of existential question about the creature's existence was Old Skull.
0: Yeah. You know, he, he, he occasionally has some really insightful things to say.
1: That is true.
0: Especially when it's coming out of a squirrel or a bunny's mouth.
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping, especially since we have so few left, that uh, uh, this was just a, uh, a bump in the road and we go back to uh, some really good writing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping so as well. I am eagerly anticipating next issue where we are going to tackle the, uh, the Spider-Man crossover. That'll be fun.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. If we were truly awesome... We would go over because that's that's only one part of the story for that spider for that uh, Marvel team up. It's the few issues before that S- Spider-Man was uh, sent back into the past and where he he had a couple adventures in the past. This one takes him to the where he thinks he's going home. It takes him to the far future of 2019. Uh, so if we were awesome, we'd be covering those other stories as well. But we're not going to.
0: Because we're not that awesome.
1: Oh, I think Marvel Noise actually covered those a few years ago. So if you're a comic book fan, you well you should be, or else I don't know why you're listening. Marvel Noise, you can check out. Uh, they've done a lot of the uh, Marvel Team Up uh, issues from the 1970s, and I believe they talked about, or they they did uh, an episode where they talked about those two. So there you go.
0: All right. Well, I mean. The you got anything else
1: this episode left me very cold
0: uh, yeah <laughs> well uh where can we find you mark
1: uh in my basement weeping <laughs> drowned in a toilet you can find me uh on twitter at the Comic book dungeon or i'm sorry that's not true you can find me on twitter at broken lmd which stands for Life Model Decoy, so Broken LMD. And you can email both me and Cruz at comicbookdungeonpodcast at gmail.com.
0: And you can find me on the Instagrams um, under the uh, comicbookdungeon at instagram.com. And keep turning those pages.
1: Yeah, um, we talk about this every, every episode, Make sure that you guys, if you like the show, review us on iTunes. Make sure if you have some feedback, because I listen to the show too as I'm editing. I know there's some stuff that uh, we're improving on and that we could still improve upon. Send us an email and let us know. Uh, On that great Star Trek episode, we had uh, uh, a couple people, one of them my mom, um, give us some feedback, and they told us their favorite episode, and we read it on the air. You could have dozens to hundreds of people listen to your favorite episode or talk about you talking about comics that you're reading now. All you got to do is just write in and let us know.
0: Right. And uh I'm sure we'll we'll announce it again, but eventually we're going to do a original series uh top 10 for Star Trek and we'll 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 announce it and uh, give you guys an opportunity to send in your favorite episodes of the original series.
1: And if and you don't, you're a punk.
0: Exactly. If you don't, we'll find you. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll gladly take those into consideration and read them on the air as well.
1: And even though you missed the 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 bus here for our Star Trek: The Next Generation episode to have it read on that episode, if you listen to that episode and you're like, oh man, mine's totally different, or I have this episode, it's really special to me, because I saw it with my wife right before she was hit by a bus, and it's very emotionally impactful for me, we will still read your feedback.
0: Emotionally impactful.
1: Yes, I, I saw uh, Shades of Grey before, right before my wife was hit by a bus, and so why everybody else hates it, it was one of the few activities we did together before she was street pizza. Yes, I can see why that would hold a special place in somebody's heart. And you're a monster for thinking otherwise, sir.
0: And if you thought my statement about Eat a Bag of Dicks was totally warranted and awesome, you can let us know as well.
1: I shall be waiting for that email.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, that was brilliant. Brilliant!
1: Brilliant. So, like you said, keep turning those pages. And I want to remember or remind our audience that if you're in in an adult and appropriate discourse with somebody, I don't think it's ever appropriate to tell them to eat a dick or a bag of dicks. Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, I'm gonna post in the uh, outro music because I didn't have anything that uh, spoke to me outside of the Ramones song. So through that, the through science fiction, it will be added in for the the benefit of our listeners.
0: Outstanding. I'll be glad to listen to it.
1: Man, I'm shitting blood after this episode.
0: Oh, I gotta fucking kiss so bad. I can't
1: believe <laughs> Skype just turned the fuck off. This whole laptop is gonna kind of, you know, put in the microwave. And it's- gonna go to its own death birth,
0: if you know what I mean. Oh, I'm trying not to laugh too loud. Oh man. Oh, you're killing me, dude. This is, this is killed me. Ah, oh, he was hard. Yes!
1: You're right, the artwork was
0: good. Yeah, I. The story was, was atrocious, man. It was is hard to follow it made absolutely no sense whatsoever and then once you thought about it it fell apart
1: oh yeah absolutely it's just the whole thing just, it, it, it was one of those things that you, you, you like I could see somebody oh you would know, be cool if we did a, a like a mutant that only lived 24 hours and we tried to make him sympathetic I could see how that would be a fun pitch but then once yeah. you try to get to the writing stage and you're like wow this is a piece of garbage how about we finally have him fight some mutants or some Martians? That should have happened.
0: Yeah, and I, I, it is an absolutely great sounding pitch, but once you got to the mechanics of it, it falls apart.
1: It really sucks because there's not a lot of issues in Kill Raven. And how many issues has he actually just gone fucking crazy on the Martian?
0: Not enough. No. He's at his best when he's fucking blown up giant towers for being martial.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we have had that. We've had him in individual combat, take out that one underground. I mean, for the most part, I mean, what have we had? We had him fight a twenty-four-hour mutant, uh, a deranged bionic warlord, a weirdo who worships cereal. I mean, it's just there has not been enough of him, to, like going around and taking out like huge targets of uh, opportunity of the martians
0: right right well i'm hoping this thing closes out with a good bang
1: yeah i don't know i don't know if it's going to i mean i think they knew that was the last issue going in so they they tried to give it a bit of a closing off point but i mean they they tried to reboot the series a few times and uh i don't know
0: Mm okay well, I am going to go empty my bladder me too I'm about to piss myself
1: I will catch you later man
0: alright later man